0: there nerdlings this is ash
1: and this is matt and you're listening to crime time nerds a sister podcast which is now a member of the spilled potion independent arts collective you can check out all the awesome things the collective is up to as well as the other fantastically nerdy podcasts that we've partnered up with over at SpilledPotion.com.
0: the case we are covering in today's episode does deal with suspects who were minors at the time of the crime We at Crime Time Nerds are choosing not to use their full names, due to them having been under the age of 18 when they committed the murder. With that being said, a quick Google search will give you the full names of the assailants if you are interested in learning more about this case. And now, nerdlings, let's grab our flashlights and join us as we venture down into the dark world of true crime together.
1: We as humans are capable of creating such beauty, we use words to tell a story, We use paintbrushes to depict an image, and we use science and technology to change the world for the better. And yet, there's also a darkness that lies within each of our hearts. We create so much wonder, but we also create so much pain, ruining so many lives with one poor choice. We can lose ourselves to our darker emotions, diving into our fears and even our own hatreds. Hatred at its core is based in fear, It's an emotion that many humans struggle with, and once there, it is hard to claw our way out of the darkness and see the error of our ways. In 1984, a young man looked darkness straight in the eyes in a small New England town. He fought his own valiant fight against the powers of hatred and darkness, and he lost his life for it. Tonight, we discuss the case of Charlie Howard, a young 23-year-old gay man who was murdered in Bangor, Maine, back in the summer of 1984.
0: Since 1998 alone, over 600 people who identified as being LGBTQ have lost their lives due to intolerance and hate crimes. Awareness around hate crimes towards the LGBTQ communities have risen in recent years, but the truth is that every year, hundreds of folks who are part of the LGBTQ community experience some form of violence against them. In 1984, LGBTQ rights and protections were nowhere near where they are today. Many folks lived in fear of being true to themselves, hiding who they were in order to avoid the intolerance and violence that was often directed towards members of the LGBTQ community. And so it is time now, nerdlings, for us to leave the light, grab our flashlights, and head towards our neighboring community of Bangor, Maine. Back in the summer of 1984, when young Charlie Howard lost his life due to a sexual orientation. Bangor, Maine is a typical New England city. It's home to 32,095 residents. It's located in Penobscot County and is home to a towering lumberjack statue that is a throwback to its former economic goods of timber and lumber. It is also home to famous horror novelist Stephen King and is the basis for his fictional town of Derry, Maine, the setting for some of his most famous work. In 1984, Bangor, Maine had also become home to a young, openly gay man named Charlie Howard. Charlie had been born in the small town of Portsmouth, New Hampshire on January 31st of 1961. He had grown up and lived in Portsmouth most of his life, but it had been a hard life for an openly gay young man growing up in the 70s and 80s. Charlie had blonde hair, a thin frame, and suffered from asthma most of his life. Charlie had spent much of his youth being bullied for being gay, as he had never really hid who he was. He chose not to attend his high school graduation as a way to spare his family from witnessing the taunts and bullying he had been subjected to his whole life. At the age of 18, Charlie had quickly realized that college wasn't an option for him, as he had gotten poor grades in school. One of Charlie's teachers, Bob Lister, was quoted in an interview as stating that Charlie had once told him, quote, this is who I am, unquote. Bob Lister went on to explain that Charlie had been one of his students in his special education classes, as Charlie had struggled with some learning difficulties. In the interview, Bob Lister went on to describe who Charlie was, quote, he was a small, handsome, blonde young man. He was very caring and never angry. He had a lot of potential. He was a risk-taker and a pioneer. He never went to prom or even his own graduation because of his family's fear for his safety. His grave has no marker for fear of reprisals at that time. I believe that had he lived, he would have been a prominent advocate and leader. What a shame that was never possible, Charlie moved away from Portsmouth, New Hampshire after high school to the small town of Ellsworth, Maine, and found himself in a relationship while living there. In 1984, the relationship ended and Charlie decided to move to the nearby city of Bangor, Maine. Two young men befriended Charlie while he was living in Bangor. As Charlie had found himself struggling and homeless, the young men invited Charlie to live with them while he tried to get back on his feet. But after a month or so, it didn't seem like a lot of opportunities had come Charlie's way. At that time, Charlie decided to move back home to Portsmouth for a bit in hopes that things would get better for him. It didn't take long for his two friends to realize how miserable Charlie was living back in Portsmouth. And so they offered for Charlie to come back to Bangor and stay with them, so that he could find his happiness and his path. This second round of living in Bangor was far more successful for Charlie Howard. He joined a local Unitarian church and the Interweave chapter that helped to support him and make him feel like he was part of a community. The Unitarian church and the Interweave in Bangor were the only groups at that time that allowed for homosexual members to join them and they welcomed charlie within their community charlie's prospects had improved enough that he was able to rent his own apartment in bangor and had even recently adopted a kitten it seemed that everything was finally going the way it should for young charlie howard that was until the night of july 7 1984. on the evening of july 7 1984 Charlie and his boyfriend, Roy Ogden, attended a potluck supper at Interweave. After leaving the supper, the two men walked down to the post office so that Charlie could get his mail for the day. After leaving the post office, Charlie and Roy walked arm in arm up State Street towards the Kanduskeg River Bridge. As the young couple walked up State Street and started to cross onto the Kanduskeg River Bridge, a car pulled up alongside them and began to slow down. Inside the car were three teenage males, James B., aged 15, Sean M., aged 16, and Daniel N., aged 17, as well as two teenage females. One of the teenagers recognized Charlie and claimed that Charlie had made sexual comments towards him a few weeks before. The male teenagers, upon spotting Charlie and Roy, began to scream homophobic slurs at the young couple. James, Sean, and Daniel stopped their car and jumped out, beginning to chase after Charlie and Roy, forcing the two men to run and to try to get away from the charging teenagers. Charlie lost his footing and fell to the ground. Within seconds, the teenagers were able to catch up to Charlie and began to brutally beat and kick Charlie Howard, while he lay on the bridge above the Kanduskeg River. While Charlie lay on the ground after being kicked and beaten by the teens, One of the youths, believed to have been Jim, yelled to Sean and Daniel that they should throw Charlie Howard off the Kanduskeg Bridge. Jim then grabbed Charlie by the legs, and the other two teens followed suit, also grabbing onto Charlie. As the young men dragged Charlie towards the railing of the bridge, Roy Ogden heard Charlie telling the teenage assailants that he couldn't swim as he desperately clung to the railing over the bridge. His pleas didn't deter his attackers, and without even thinking twice, the three teenagers pushed Charlie Howard over the bridge railing and into the Kanduskeg River. They threw a young man who couldn't swim over a bridge and into a river because he was openly gay. Roy Ogden had run far enough ahead to be able to turn around and witness the events unfolding behind him. He watched as the three teens threw Charlie into the water, roughly 25 feet below the bridge railing. Roy had run to state and exchange streets in hopes of finding help. He was able to pull a fire alarm box that was located there at the convergence of those two Bangor streets. In response to the alarm, the Bangor Fire Department was dispatched to the bridge in hopes of saving Charlie Howard from the waters of the Kanduskeg below. According to an article by the Bangor Daily News on July 10th of 1984, the search and rescue was to no avail as of 12.10 a.m., Charlie Howard's body was discovered lying in roughly three feet of water south of the State Street Bridge.
1: The murder of Charlie Howard would become a pinnacle cry for change among the LGBTQ community of Bangor during that summer of 1984. Many folks within the LGBTQ community and the Bangor community as a whole came together to remember the kind young man who had just wanted to settle down and find his own place in life. Peaceful protest occurred throughout the city that summer and fall of 1984, leading up to the sentencing of the three Bangor teens. After the three teens threw 23-year-old Charlie Howard over the bridge railing and into the Kennebec River, they went to a party and bragged to other partygoers about the attack they delivered onto Charlie Howard that night. It did not seem that the teens were aware that Charlie had drowned due to their actions that night. It was the next day when one of the boys learned of Charlie's subsequent death that he went to the police and turned himself in. While one of the boys was turning himself into the police, the other two teens decided to try and leave town on a freight train and then realized that the plan was futile and they returned home where they were also subsequently arrested. The three teenage youths were charged two days after Charlie's body was found floating in the Kanduskeg River. The teens were charged in connection with Charlie Howard's death and they were released to their parents' custody after having spent only one night in the Hancock County Jail. The young men were only allowed to leave their homes when they were with their parents or another court-appointed adult. And so the debate would begin on how to charge the three young teens. Would they be charged as adults, or would they be charged as juveniles? In a quote from the Bangor Daily News in October of 1984, Assistant Attorney General Tom Goodwin was quoted as saying, quote, We haven't had a chance to review the matter to make that determination yet. We'll know in a couple of weeks, unquote. In a Bangor Daily News report from 1984, the Bangor Police Department affidavit that was filed by Detective Sergeant Thomas Placella stated that Charlie had died as, quote, as the result of drowning with an acute asthma attack as a contributing factor, unquote. It was also stated in that same article that Fernand Le Rochelle of the Maine Attorney General's Office had said, quote, "Contusions and lacerations around the head and face were also found on the body. However, it is unknown when they were inflicted." Unquote. Charlie Howard was buried in an unmarked grave due to fears of vandalism against his gravesite. Not only did Charlie have to live life in fear, but even in his death, his memory and legacy was threatened. Many of Charlie's friends and family showed up in solidarity to share Charlie's name, his story, and his memory. In October of 1984, the three teens, James, age 15, Sean, age 16, and Daniel, age 17, pled guilty to a manslaughter charge for the murder of 23-year-old Charlie Howard. Due to their age, the three teens were charged as juveniles and sentenced on October 1st of 1984. They were sentenced to serve out their time at the Maine youth center, and they would not be in the juvenile center longer than their 21st birthdays. According to an article written by Marvin M. Ellison in 2009 for the Bangor Daily News, while in the main News Center, a psychologist interviewed the teens and determined that the teens were, quote, social conformists who thought they would be rewarded for acting in conformity to this community's norms. In fact, when the three boys returned to Bangor High School, they were cheered as heroes by their peers and some adults unquote. The teens served their time for James that would be two years and for Sean that would be 22 months. When they were released into the public once more, 25 years after the murder of Charlie Howard, James, the youngest of the teens, had spent much of his adult life talking to students around schools about tolerance in light of the murder of Charlie Howard that he aided in committing when he was only 15 years old. He also wrote a book titled Penitence with another author, Ed Armstrong. Sean was interviewed in 1994, 10 years after the murder of Charlie Howard. In the interview, Sean told the Bangor Daily News that, quote, Charlie Howard was so young, he was helpless that night, and three reckless kids come along and just for the hell of it, toss him over the bridge. Because of our actions, Charlie Howard lost his life, unquote. In the years since Charlie Howard's death that night of July 7th, 1984, Legislation has been passed in the state of Maine that bans discrimination against folks due to their sexual orientation. James actually testified before the Maine state legislature in support of the bill. It's been nearly 37 years since the murder of 23-year-old Charlie Howard one night while he walked home from picking up his mail. Not far from where Charlie was murdered stands a memorial that has been erected in honor of Charlie. On the memorial, it states, quote, May we, the citizens of Bangor, continue to change the world around us until hatred becomes peacemaking and ignorance becomes understanding, unquote. July 7th is considered to be Diversity Day in Bangor, in memory of the day that Charlie Howard was murdered. The case of Charlie Howard may seem familiar to many listeners. I found this case when researching some information about my favorite author, which is Stephen King, In Stephen King's book, It!, the story starts out with the murder of a character named Adrian Mellon, who also was thrown from a bridge and into the river of the Kanduskeg in Stephen King's fictional town of Derry, which is based off of Bangor, Maine. Mellon was a gay man walking home with his partner from the Derry Fair and was accosted by several homophobic teens who also beat him and then threw the young man over the bridge and into the river. King based the character and storyline of Adrian Mellon off of the murder of Charlie Howard. It wasn't just Stephen King who was moved by the tragedy that had happened to Charlie Howard, but much of Bangor, Maine was impacted by the murder of Charlie that night back in July of 1984. Charlie may have had his life cut brutally short at the age of only 23, but his legacy will remain as in his death he helped to make positive changes for the LGBTQ community in Maine and he will always be remembered as a young hero who was murdered all too soon.
0: While this case was nearly 37 years ago, the murder of Charlie Howard still has impact today. We hear cases such as Charlie's more than we ever should, and it's been decades since then. It's important for our society to move past intolerance and move towards acceptance and love. One statement from a resident in Bangor who knew Charlie Howard before his untimely death wrote to the Bangor Daily News editor a statement on just who Charlie Howard was. Quote, Charlie Howard was my friend. He was gentle and trusting. He loved people, flowers, animals, and birds. In other words, life. I have several mementos of Charlie, for he loved to make little gifts. His childlike innocence and frail physique made him highly vulnerable. Whatever his sexual preference, Charlie was not in any way a threat to the straight society of which I am a part. He was a victim of it. Unquote. This quote was from a woman named Miss Miles Lee Dodge of Bangor, who had known Charlie. I understand that teenagers make mistakes, we all do, but this doesn't feel like it was just teenagers being teenagers. It does feel like this was based in hate and bias. Charlie symbolized changes that a select few residents were not ready to accept or deal with. And so because of their own bigotry, a young man lost his life. While it is a positive sign that several of the teens involved did regret their decisions that night, Charlie Howard's family still lost their son and friend.
1: It's hard to imagine only suffering a couple of years from murdering a young man. While I'm glad that several of the teens have seen that their actions were inexcusable and caused an innocent man to lose his life that night, it does feel like they should have served more time than what they did for Charlie Howard's murder. It also bothers me that Charlie's grave is unmarked because of intolerance. I genuinely hope that one day we can see intolerance and hate crimes disappear and maybe Charlie's grave can no longer be hidden. There have been many folks within the LGBTQ community who have lost their lives due to others' cruelty and ignorance. And we can only hope that as time goes on, cases such as Charlie's become a thing of the past and we can all grow to accept and love one another for who we are. I think Charlie's teacher, Bob Lister said it best. It is a shame Charlie never got to live longer to become the advocate for change that he could have been. And with that, nerdlings, we conclude this chapter of Crime Time Nerds.
0: And if you like this episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, or we'd love to have you join us on our Patreon. You can catch Nat and I over on our Facebook group, Crime Time Nerds, or drop us an email at crimetimenerds at gmail.com. You can also check out our case notes or purchase some sweet CTN merch at crimetimenerds.com. Until next time, you crime-loving nerdlings!